Good evening and welcome to another episode of Hearts Knit Together in Christ Ministries. I am your host, Marcia A. Sullivan, and I am so very honored to be here tonight to be able to share with you God's word and to teach it straight from the Bible. These are not my words, but these are coming. This is coming from the Holy Bible. And um, the topic that we're talking about tonight is salvation. And the reason why we're talking about this subject is because I had a friend to ask me if somebody did not know uh, Christ and they wanted to accept him, what did you need to tell them about salvation? And my answer was so simple. I said they just need to simply believe, confess that Jesus is Lord and Savior. And um, as I went to pull that scripture up, which is found in this this chapter, which in which we're going to get into, Book of Romans, chapter ten. As I was reading, and I went back to make sure I said it right, but something I forgot to say, to point out, and the most important part is after you believe by faith and confess, you also must believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus did not raise himself from the dead, but God raised Jesus from the dead. And that's the most powerful part of confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart. Because you can have those parts down pat. But if you don't believe also the part where it says that Christ raised Jesus Christ from the dead, then you're missing out on a big major part of what Jesus was able to do after he died on the cross. He was raised from the dead and he rose and he ascended. And because of that, he sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding for for us day and night, night and day. And in order for you to believe that Jesus was raised, you first have to also believe that Jesus died on the cross. And so I wanted to share that with you tonight because I thought that was uh, something that you needed to hear right before we get into the book of Romans chapter 10. And so by now you should have already have your Bibles or, you know, maybe you just may be driving and maybe you can't take out your Bible. So it's good for you to listen. So let's go to Romans 10 verse 1. And it says, brothers and sisters, what I want most is for all the people of Israel to be saved. Now, doesn't that sound like an, uh, a heartfelt prayer, a prayer with sincerity? Is It doesn't have mixed emotions. It doesn't have any hidden agendas. But it's such a prayer that is prayed with an urgency and with true compassion. Now, you may be wondering who is praying this prayer. Well, this is Apostle Paul who is praying. And um, if you would, I would say he's interceding for God's people because God has put it in Paul's heart to pray, to pray that the people of Israel will be saved. And Israel is important because they were God's chosen people and still are to this very day. But the thing about Israel is that though they walk with God and follow him, 
there were still many who did not believe. They did not believe. And even many today still don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the one who died for our sins, and he has he was rose, he, he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. And he was ascended into the heavens. And so Paul says, Look, Lord, I need to pray for Israel to be saved. That is my prayer to God, is what Paul said. What is your prayer to God? Is your prayer revolved around yourself? Or is it your prayer revolved around the things of God, wanting to see people safe? Or are you praying or speaking evil against people? Because that's not pleasing to the heart of the Lord. But to be able to pray for others before yourself, that's always humbling to God. And it will humble you as well. So let's be like Paul as we're reading. If you're not praying for other people, and especially for salvation, because that is so important. Everyone who has not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, everybody that you know, whether it's your family member, your friend, your enemy, your long lost boyfriend, or however you want to put it, Everybody needs to come into the knowledge of accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, we can't force it. We can only teach it with love and compassion because it's not up to us who gets to decide to go to heaven and hell. But what we do know is that from reading this word, Paul has an urgency. He says that it is my prayer to God. So it's something that Paul knows and what the Bible tells us that if you do not accept Jesus Christ as Lord, then you will not reign with him in glory. You won't even make it into the heavenly realm unless you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So as we continue to read here, we also find out that Paul says, he says, I can say this about them. He's referring to Israel. He says, they really try hard to follow God, but they do not know the right way. They think they do because they had the intellect. They had the knowledge, but they lack the wisdom. They lack the understanding. And he says, they did not know the way that God makes people right with him. Now we're going to get into how God is able to make people right with him. The way that God makes people right with him is not based on human perceptions and opinions, but the way that God makes people right with him, we're going to find out later that is through one word, and it starts with an F. I'm going to see if you're going to catch on as we're reading, but that's how we're made right with the Lord. So just hold on to that thought. And it says that, and they tried to make themselves right in their own way. You know, the Bible says that there is a way that seemeth right to men, but in the end, it ends in destruction. So we know that 
There's a way that seemeth right, but is not right. And it says that, so they did not accept God's way of making people right. Christ ended the law so that everyone who believes in him is made right with God. So that's the beauty of it, is that through faith and believing, you are truly made right with the Lord. It's nothing you've done that can make you right. It's not your works that can make you right. It's not being surrounded by uh, a certain amount of people, uh, a certain uh, class of people, whether they're rich or poor. Is is not hanging out with people that make you right before the Lord. But what really makes you right before the Lord is believing. Is believing. He says so that everyone who believes in him is made right. It's not even about the law because remember Jesus died on the cross. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice on the cross. He fulfilled the law. He didn't do away with it because we read that law as a reminder that if we gotten off track, God's word and the law help us to get back on track. It still brings conviction in our hearts at least it ought to and if it's not then something is wrong with the walk you need to tune it up just a little bit and God knows when to tune us up because if we accepted Jesus as Lord then the Holy Spirit will give us the warning signal to say we're missing the mark and he'll tell us what scriptures to go to and he'll send people to pray for us And so in verse 4, it says, Christ ended the law so that everyone who believes in him is made right with God. Moses writes about being made right by following the law. He says the person who who obeys these laws is the one who will have life through them. But this is what the scriptures say about being made right through faith. So remember I said the F word. Through faith, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Through faith, we are made right with the Lord. We are made right when we have faith, when we believe, and when we trust in the true and the living God, we are made right with the Lord. It's not about how good we look. It's not about how much money we got in the bank that's going to make us right, that's going to cleanse us. It's not how many days we go to church or how many days we miss church. But what makes us right before the Lord is truly our faith and believing. He says, but this is what the scripture says about being made right through faith. Don't say to yourselves, you will go up into heaven. This means you will go up into heaven to get Christ and bring him down to the earth. And don't say you will go down into the world below. This means you will go down to get Christ and bring him up. Bring him up from death. Now, we don't have to go and get Christ because Christ has already died. Hallelujah. He's died for our sins. He's been raised from the dead. And we said that he sits at the right hand of the Savior, of his Father. He sits at the right hand. Hallelujah. And so we don't have to go and get him. But when we believe his spirit dwells on the inside of us. Hallelujah. 
His spirit is able to come alive so that when we pray to the Lord, we can access him. So we don't have to offer up sacrifices, animals. We don't have to send up burnt offerings like the priests did, which was they were under the sacrificial system because, you know, Moses had the law. So under the law, you had to kill the animals, right? You had to slaughter them for the sins to be forgiven. So anybody that is slaughtering animals today on burnt altars, that is like blasphemy to the Lord because Jesus, his son, has already died for our sins. And so we thank the Lord that we no longer have to do those things as the priest did. Thank you, Lord. We don't have to do those things, but we just believe by faith. And so it goes on to say in verse 8, this is what the scripture says, God's teaching is near you. It is in your mouth. It's in your heart. It is the teaching of faith that will tell people, if you openly say Jesus is Lord, say that. So I'm saying to the unbelievers and to the believers, because Paul's uh, prayer to the God was for Israel to come and be saved. This was his own people who had heard the word, but did not even receive it. It was the people who did not hear the word, who, 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 who heard it, but was not even considered the chosen. Those were the people who actually received it in their hearts. But for God's people, they did not even receive it. So in verse verse 8, he said, It is in your mouth and in your heart. It is the teaching of faith that we tell people. If you openly say Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from death, you will be saved. Yes, we believe in Jesus deep in our hearts. And so we are made right with God. And we are, and we openly say that we believe in him, and so we are saved. 11 says, yes, the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be disappointed. It says this because there is no difference between the Jew or Jew, uh, Jews and those who are not, which will be the Gentiles. The same Lord is the Lord of all people. So we can't be disappointed because our brothers and sisters in Christ from every walk and every part of life, hallelujah, is going to testify that Jesus is Lord. And because he is Lord, we can't be disappointed because our hope is in him. Our faith is in him. And that's a part of our salvation is sealed to the day of Jesus Christ. So the enemy can't take that away from us. It has been done. And we can only receive that is we set that into our hearts. So we have to believe it by faith. And as we're closing here, we see it says that, yes, the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be disappointed, as we just stated. And you go on to 11, and the reason is because we all serve the same Lord. He's Lord of all people, and he richly, hallelujah, he richly blesses everyone who looks to him for help. And yes, everyone who trusts in the Lord will be saved. 
But before people can pray to the Lord for help, they must believe in him. And before they can believe in the Lord, they must hear about him. And for anyone to hear about the Lord, someone must tell them. So we have work to do for the people who has already received the Lord. We have work to do to tell the people about how they can be saved. And before anyone can go and tell them, they must be sent. So we have to be sent in order to share the good news and to share the salvation. It says, as the scripture says, how wonderful it is to see someone coming to tell the good news. And there is another uh, reading that says, how beautiful is it of how beautiful is the feet of those who share the good news now that's beautiful when i think about that it made me think about the song twala paris who sings how beautiful and she's going on to say how beautiful is the bride of christ how he was willing to die and pay the price and there's a stanza in that song where she says how beautiful is the feet of those who share the good news so our feet look so beautiful to jesus when we go all over the world sharing and boldly proclaiming that jesus is lord that jesus is christ verse 16 he says but not all people accepted the good news so don't be don't you be disappointed after you share the good news that there may be somebody who rejects it and don't want to receive it. You must understand that it has nothing to do with you, but it has everything to do with them rejecting God. Not you. You're just a vessel. We're just vessels. But if they reject the truth that's in you, they haven't rejected you personally, but they have rejected the God in you. And therefore, they have rejected God himself. And when they see God on judgment day, they will encounter judgment because they rejected the truth. They denied Jesus, his son, and they denied the Father, along with the Holy Spirit. And so um, in verse 17 of Romans 10, it says, So faith comes from hearing the good news and people hear the good news when someone tells them about Christ thank you that people can hear the good news Lord when we're able to tell people about who Christ is verse 18 he says but I asked did those people not hear the good news Paul is talking about Israel and he says yes they heard as the scriptures say God is saying yeah they heard it but they didn't receive it in their hearts. Their voices went out all around the world. Their words went everywhere in the world. Now, how would it be on that day when Jesus is judging the world? God is judging the world. And some are are saying before the kings of kings, I didn't hear it. And God going to say, yes, you did hear it. Because on this day, this is when I sent my servant. I sent my servant Moses long ago. The words were right before you, and you still didn't accept him. 
And God is saying, yes, they heard as the scriptures say. The Israelites had heard the word, but it says their voices went out all over the world. Their words went everywhere in the world. Again, I ask, did the people of Israel not understand? Yes, they did understand. God says, first, Moses says, this is for God. Moses said this for the Lord. I will use those who are not really a nation to make you jealous. I will use a nation that does not understand to make you angry. And then Isaiah said this. Then Isaiah is bold enough to say this for God. The people who were not looking for me, they are the ones who found me. I made myself known to those who did not ask for powerful God makes himself known to those that are not even searching but to those that go to church day in and day out proclaiming that they have a relationship and know God sometimes those are the ones who really don't know the Lord as Paul was saying here it was Israel who was the chosen people but yet at the same time they still did not know him they still did not know him. God said, I made myself known to them, but those who did not ask for me, those were the ones who were able to find me. But about the people of Israel, God says, all day long I stood ready to accept those people, but they are stubborn and they refuse to obey me. And this should be a message that sounds so loud and rings so hard in our ears that we receive it because sometimes we can be just like the Israelites hardened, stiff-necked, rebellious not wanting to listen to God not wanting to obey or follow His ways but Father, I pray on this day, God that you will help us to repent and return to you full force with our whole hearts God God helping our ways to align to that of your word God God teach us in your way so that we can learn from you and avoid leaning to our own understanding Lord you are the way the truth and the life and we thank you God that your word says that no one can come to you unless they come through your son Jesus Christ and we thank you for, for sending Jesus to die for our sins so that we can have the free gift of eternal salvation that is found under no other name but except Jesus Christ. And we thank you that in Romans 10 verse 9, it tells us that when we profess, believe in our hearts, and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and Savior and believe that God raised him from the dead, then your word says, God, that we shall be saved. So I thank you, God, that you have saved your people. And if you're listening today, you have not accepted Jesus Christ, I urge you to do so. And if you're listening today and you have become like a, the Israelites, then just repent and say, Lord, help me to put you first. Help me to follow you. 
Help me to be more like you. Help me to give you my best. Help me. Help me, Lord. Father, help us today. Help us, God. We're all like filthy rags. We all stand in need of a Savior. We stand in need of deliverance. We stand in need, God, for a shepherd because we're blind. We're like lost sheep going astray. Father God, help us to turn our hearts back to you. Make every wrong right. Strengthen, renew. Help us to forgive ourselves. Help us to forgive our friends, our enemies, even those who have wronged and harmed us and those in whom we have wronged and harmed God. God, intervene on our behalf. And God, show us the way to live a life that is safe and represents that of Christ. But most importantly, God, as you have drawn us near to the cross, teach us to share your word and proclaim the message of truth boldly so that our feet can become beautiful to you because we share the good news. In Jesus' name, I pray. Thank you so much for listening to Hearts Knit Together in Christ. And may the Lord bless you and be with you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.